0: Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Herron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hello, listeners. Welcome to episode number 17 of How Do You Write. And I'm super glad to be talking to you today. We are going to have an interview with Jennifer Baker, who is astounding and I'm so glad that I got a chance to talk to her. You're gonna enjoy the interview. I know I always say that but I always mean it too. Um, What's been going on around here? Well last night I taught my first class of memoir writing at Stanford. It's a 10-week course and I am always so nervous before I teach. I literally have the worst kind of stage fright. My stomach is sick. I'm completely sweaty It's just kind of miserable, which is strange because I really love teaching and I adore these students already. It's like they auditioned to be in the class I wanted to teach and I could not be more excited. So luckily, most of that stage fright will have gone away by the time I see them again next Wednesday. And um, I'm super excited to teach this particular class of memoir because it's not just about writing. It's about their lives and I really take it very seriously to honor that and to not break them down with critique. If you have been in critique groups before, perhaps you have suffered the same fate of uh, leaving the group and walking out to your car and crying. And that is exactly what I do not want to happen in my class. Um, I want honesty and truth and solid criticism that is helpful, but not devastating And I've come up with an idea, I've never used it before, but I'm going to ask the students before they are critiqued to rate their level of, um, what do I want to say, level of toughness on their own curve from a 1 to a 10. 10 means the whole class can tell them that this piece of writing sucks. So hard, and they will laugh it off and go out of the classroom and take what they need and leave what they don't. Um, that's basically how I feel about reviews nowadays. You can say anything to me about my books, and it, it does not hurt my feelings anymore. However, I've been at this game for a, quite a while now, and there are students in this class who have never written anything at all that wasn't, you know, um, homework in 12th grade. So I am just as eager to honor their writing as the I am the experienced writers. And if they put their hand up and say that they are at a one that day, then I am going to ask the class to only say nice things. There's no reason to tear down fellow writers. Um, so I think that this system might work, you know? Um, so I'll keep you posted on that. That's fun. I'm also getting ready to send out my email to my writer list. If you're not on it, you should go to rachelheroncom slash write and sign up. I'm sending a once a week email, just kind of encouraging because that's, Really, what I want to do with this whole podcast is to talk to writers and encourage new writers and experienced writers. So, um, I was just thinking today when I was uh, doing my yoga about how easy it is to tell ourselves that we have to be good at something um, when we really might suck for a long time. I pretty much am terrible at most of yoga. And it's a conscious effort on my part to continually think it's okay to suck, it's okay that i am not good at this and it's exactly the same way on the page it's okay to put down writing that is honestly bad writing that even you can tell is bad and then fix it later or don't fix it later write something else um writing should be a joyous joyful experience at least uh, maybe when you're done writing i i don't always love when i'm doing it as you know but um it should be something that you can get enjoyment out of and get Uh, inspired by. So I encourage you in that to embrace the sucking this week. That sounds really dirty. I didn't mean it to. Um, And I have a book due on Monday. It's currently Thursday and the uh, book is not all the way revised yet. So I'm going to sign off, leave you with this interview and uh, dunk myself back in the book because I have a lot of work to do. So, enjoy your writing wherever you are and whatever you're doing, and uh, we'll talk soon. Enjoy the interview with Jennifer. Well, I am here today with Jennifer Baker. Jennifer, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Of course. Let me give an introduction for you. I called this down from your amazing bio, so I hope I'm hitting all the high points. (laughs) Jennifer Baker received her MFA from the New School's Graduate Program in Creative Writing. She works as a production editor and contributes to bustle.com and is the social media director and a writing instructor for Sackett Street Writers Workshop. She is a panel organizer for We Need Diverse Books, a nonprofit organization that sprang to life from the We Need Diverse Books media campaign to increase minority representation of all kinds in literature, and she is also the creator and host of the podcast Minorities in Publishing, and her short story, The Pursuit of Happiness, was nominated for a Pushcart Prize for 2017, and in 2013, her young adult manuscript, The Facility, won the SCBWI On the Verge Emerging Voices Award for Underrepresented Voices in Children's Literature. That is an amazing bio, Jennifer. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Racking up awesome things. So I would love to talk to you about your writing process and how you get things done day to day. What is the best time of day for you to write and where do you write?
1: As of late, as in the past few months, I realize it's best during the day. Mm-hmm. I used to be able to do it all hours of the day, 2 a.m. You know, it's kind of like, oh, this is what I did in my 20s. And then I, got <laughs> older, so I can't do that anymore. But I think my mind just doesn't work as well at at night anymore i don't know why but it's, it
0: seems to be the daytime
1: the sun when the sun
0: is out i'm good it's that's exactly the way i am <laughs> like 9 to 9 are my only good hours of the day any other time is off <laughs> where 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 do you like to write do you write at home or a coffee shop or i like to write at home primarily
1: i mean if i've I, i've had some residencies and those spaces are the best because it's so quiet I live in New York City, so anything that's the antithesis of New York City, that's super quiet, it, it's phenomenal. But I can write on the subway, in bed, at home, at work. I just got a MacBook Air so that I can, yeah, yeah cause just so I could be more transient in terms of the writing because I, I need it. And if you're a New Yorker, you kind of need to be able to work anywhere.
0: That's a, a very good point. I'm an Oaklander right in the middle of of Oakland, so I've, there's just always so much noise. And in fact, before I podcast, I like walk around the house trying and closing windows. There's a party going on. There's a kintanier in the backyard. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I know we- I was like, there's an airplane. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> Someone just came home. Damn
0: it! It offers verisimilitude, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how how do you write? Longhand, computer. I I do both on
1: the subway. Obviously, I'm doing the note. Book. I've gotten into the moleskins like everyone mm. else seems. They're really handy. They have that cool folder in the back. I love that. And I, I really like handwriting and then transcribing, but I always draft, and my drafts are very long and very incoherent.
0: <laughs> the the <laughs> first drafts, do you mean when you're, when you're, yeah. yeah. What program show- are you using? Microsoft Word. Yeah. I, I downloaded Scrivener, and I just haven't used it. Yeah. I think it really comes down to those two programs. I always like to ask, but most people are either Word or Scrivener or sometimes. I'm kind of both. I'm a, I'm a hybrid. Yeah, is Scrivener, good? I mean, I do mainly short stuff, so essays. And oh, yeah. So
1: Scrivener probably isn't ideal. Right. I don't know. Right. Okay.
0: I, I, I agree with that. Although I, do, I have been writing some essays in Scrivener and keeping them all in the same file area. So okay. if, if you ever do Scrivener, the advice I always give is just use what you need and don't bother with learning everything. All okay. those bells and whistles are extra. You don't need them. So, yeah. yeah. What is the worst writing advice you've ever been given? <laughs> <laughs> I love this question.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Undergrad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just all of undergrad.
1: Uh, I think the whole write what you know which is, I think it's good information but I think it's bad information because it prohibits people, I think when we're talking about people writing outside of yourself, right if you write what you know then what you know can be very one dimensional of what you're writing of other people, so if you are cisgendered and you decide to write a transgendered character And you write what you know, (laughs) quote unquote, what you know is going to be very one-sided and cisgender based rather than transgender based. So I think it's a good form, but I also think it's not the best form either. Yeah. And also I thought this was interesting in my MFA program. One of my professors said, never start a scene, a book with someone traveling in transit. She said, "Never, ever, ever start a book with anyone in transit." All right, she, the she Odyssey.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> she hated it, and I saw the eyes roll back in so many classmates' heads when she said that. And I was like, "You, you have someone on a subway."
0: <laughs> sorry, That's why you're so upset. <laughs> whenever but, I, yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. Whenever I hear those rules, I want to break them. You know, I want to. <laughs> yeah. I was like okay. (laughs) And as you've been going along, what secret writing tip of awesomeness have you discovered the hard way? The best piece I'd say that
1: I've learned is not to feel guilty if you don't write every day. Mm. And Daniel Jose Older, I forget where it was published. uh, He had a good essay about that, about, you know, it's like, you must write every day, you must write every day. And writing comes in so many different forms, right? It comes in reading. It comes from talking to people. It comes from just thinking about what you need to do. It comes from drafting. It comes from a multitude of things, right? So if you're not able to actually sit down to the page and work on the larger work, it's not horrible. It's not a horrible, horrible thing if you're not doing that.
0: I love that you said that because today... I had about three thousand words I needed to write, and I just didn't do them. I couldn't. I couldn't quite handle it today. I did not have the energy, and
1: I yeah, or the mental space, right? Yeah. Sometimes you are not there mentally to. And you have, and that's how I learned I couldn't write. Well, I, I'm sure I can if I'm well rested and it's 10 p.m. Maybe I can get something out there. But if you really are not in that mental space and you're like worried about bills and you haven't gotten sleep and you're not mm-hmm. feeling well, to push yourself to get those a thousand words and then you're going to feel worse Yeah, that you didn't, (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah. There's, I love thinking about self-care when when we're talking about that. That's a, that's a great tip. Thank you. (laughs) And how do you refill the creative well when you're running dry?
1: You know, it's interesting is I was feeling really stuck on, um, a linked anthology I've been working on for years, almost a decade. And I did a reading recently, last Friday, actually. And I, I was stuck, completely stuck. I said, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm just going to focus on essays. And then I read this first part, portion of it. And I actually wrote a blog post about it. And I got a very good reaction from it. So I just kind of refilled the well of, oh, yeah, people actually like this. I'm actually on the right track with this one, even though i I have no, and it actually sprang forth all these ideas on how to fix things because oh, wow. I'm a believer in breaks mm-hmm. and so I don't I don't think it helps to keep pushing yourself maybe if you're on deadline and you're being paid, I understand, but if you really just don't know how to fix something, I think sometimes you just need that break and maybe something will happen. You'll go to a reading, you're the one reading, someone else is reading, someone says something really profound you're you're reading something. It's like I get it from the outside world, which is why I think writers need to actually socially interact with people. Agree. <laughs> to, you, you know, to remember, because I, at the same time, I got, you know, a really good response out of reading. I got a rejection for an essay two days later, Ugh. but it didn't stop. I got one right now. You know, Ugh. I got one like five minutes before I logged into <laughs> uh, Skype. <laughs> oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's just kind of like I'm now, still feeding off that energy from that reading. And from I went to all these literary events for Brooklyn Book Fest uh, this weekend, and they have events leading up to it. So I've been going to literary events all week, and that's been helping.
0: It too. really is astonishing, isn't it? Like when you're listening to other people read, that popcorn that starts happening in your brain. Yeah. Like things are just back. kind of shooting around. Now, let me ask you when you had the, the, the bits drop into place about your own work while you were while you were reading was that happening while the words were coming out of your mouth and people were looking at you or did those thoughts arise later
1: it came because of the reconnection to the work so as I was reading Mm. and how people reacted to it I tend to be I mean when I read stuff I purposely read stuff that's um very action oriented. And that the point where I end, even if that's not the end of the story is something that you might be interested in learning mm-hmm. more. So what I read was a portion of a woman who lost her child mm-hmm. in a supermarket. So it's kind of high anxiety. And just hearing the gaps, when I said certain things and laughter where I didn't expect the laughter. I mean, I had a line that said, you know, the character was cut from vagina to anus to give birth to her children. And I heard (laughs) 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 in the audience. And then how, you know, when I would look up, people were just actually listening. It wasn't, oh, they're talking to their friends Uh and drinking wine or making sure like everyone was in their seat listening. It was the most attentive audience. And that gives credence to it too, is that maybe it's a really good, it was the right piece for the right audience. Uh And that afterwards I'm talking to people who are parents. I'm not a parent. And how they responded to it, like the fear that they had. So, I mean, seeing those reactions, hearing the words, and then when I came home, I said, oh, this is actually pretty good.
0: <laughs> and that <laughs> audience, yeah, that audience reaction is nothing you can simulate. You can't, no, it's, no. it's a live thing that has to happen just like that. So that's really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I wasn't expecting it at all. I mean, I'd read that section at other places and got a good response, but it wasn't as, um, and maybe it was the environment too. It was mm-hmm. a very intimate environment. It wasn't a bar. It was a yeah. council center. So they had like a little buffet, but we're all close together. Oh, that's so nice. that environment kind of kind of is conducive to being like, I have to listen to this and all that stuff. So
0: I like the idea of going and reading and getting something out of it too, instead of just pushing your words out you know that's that's really awesome
1: that's the great thing about open mics like do open mics and just see how people react to your work sometimes the crowd even if you mess up it can be very uplifting and energetic to make you want to keep going
0: I have never done an open mic you should maybe I should I think I will and I've I've just recently (laughs) learned of, of one in Oakland that a friend is running so I think I'm gonna give that a try I'll shoot you yeah. an email and tell you how how, how good or bad it goes. <laughs> I hope it goes
1: really good. I'm sure,
0: Good crowd, good energy. <laughs> On really, really bad days, what other profession do you wish you had?
1: Oh, my gosh. Baker. As funny as it is, that's my surname.
0: That is funny. <laughs> I, I,
1: I bake. I bake a lot. I'm an amateur baker. And it's therapeutic. So I very much enjoy it. So if I couldn't... If I'm in publishing, so if I wasn't in publishing right. or didn't want to write, I think I'd still want to have an outlet, a creative outlet. Yeah. And baking tends to be that outlet
0: for me. Do you watch the Great British Bake Off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just I started. Turned
1: on to that this year. <laughs> it's the best show
0: ever. That did is. Did you hear they're leaving? I did. I heard that. So disappointing. It's gonna Yeah. The the best is over, I think. <laughs> they can't but I, I, those are very intimidating
1: <laughs> when they do like the cannoli tower and they say you need to make a tart <laughs> but they practice at home so it makes me feel better it's not as though they're coming in and saying boom and you're like what it's, like, right. no, it's,
0: this. it's not Iron uh, Chef they did get to practice yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be I something figure it out
1: you're just like, I have mangoes and squid what do I do <laughs> yeah.
0: make a cake <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, and can you give us a quick craft tip of any sort?
1: Ooh, what I really like is I said this before is um doing the Pomodoro method. Mm-hmm. Have you do you
0: do that? I use a you? modified Pomodoro where I write for 15 minutes and then I um I go offline with freedom for 15 minutes and then I have 15 minutes to Screw around on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, not Facebook, I hate Facebook. Twitter and email. <laughs> what, how, do, how do you do it? Do you do the 25 Pomodoro? Yeah, now I do an hour.
1: Ooh. I do an hour and I just write for an hour and I put the timer on my phone. Uh huh. And that way I know because then I think sometimes, unless you're in the zone and you're just ready to keep going, but sometimes maybe you're distracted and you know you won't get too much done. I, I think, okay, I have something that's going to let me know when the time is done. So then you don't want to go on. I mean, you still want to kind of go online, but you're know, like, okay, this will alert me when I'm done. So I do not have to do that itchy finger. Exactly. I don't have yeah. to
0: worry about it. Right.
1: Yeah. And then another thing I would suggest is I love Merriam-Webster's word of the day. And I get that email every day is like, this is the word of the day. Today's is this juggernaut. By the way, <laughs> I
0: love that word. <laughs> And what do you and love? It was, what do you love about the email? What are you, about getting it? Do you try to use the word or put those
1: words into action? Mm-hmm. So sometimes you're grasping for words and you're like, you know, what does it mean this, but it's not like this. And so maybe it's a word you would never think to use. But I, I like using the word of the day and then forcing myself to actually write something with it. And maybe it'll be something you use. Maybe it's relevant, like juggernaut. I'm like, juggernaut, how am I going to use that? But just finding a way or signing up for it and looking at it and actually applying that. And maybe if you're stuck writing a story around that or a poem around that, I right. think that's a really good prompt is like, but what's the word of the day? It's like translucent. All right, I'll just work out on that.
0: I am going to go sign up for that. And I will mention that you just used very effectively the word juggernaut. And all, <laughs> the, all the listeners now are also going to sign up for the merriam Wester word of the day so and if you're a comic book fan of X-Men, joke or not, the character. Exactly. That I actually knew, but only because I live with a, a, a fiend for that. <laughs> All right, my kind of person. <laughs> and what would you like to tell us about right now? Where can we find you? What are you working on?
1: Oh my gosh. What am I not working on? <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. Good answer uh, My podcast. Oh, I'm yeah, really episode. excited about that. Um, oh. minor- minorities in Publishing yes. I will link to that in the show notes too
1: Oh thank you of course. Uh, I, A new episode posted earlier this week I know this is going to be Posting later um, With Rian Amakora Scott And he did a reading with Jacqueline Woodson National Book Award winner Ooh. Yesterday in New York City And they're both wonderful, wonderful people So it was great to support him and I have more episodes coming up with interns to talk about the publishing industry. Oh, that's
0: fascinating.
1: And I'll be at New York Comic Con.
0: <laughs> doing a podcast?
1: I will be doing two panels. I will be doing a panel on women and gender nonconforming writers of color in digital media on October 6th. That's a Thursday at 1.30 p.m. at Jacob Javits New York Comic Con. And I'll be part of the Geeks of Color panel on uh, um, Saturday, October 8th, I guess, at New York Comic Con, Jacob Javits. And I believe that one's also at one thirty.
0: That is super exciting. Have you ever been on panels at Comic Con before?
1: I've been on panels, but not to Comic Con. So I'm... That's huge. I'm kind of trepidatious at the same time that I'm anxious because I'm like, this is going to be so cool. Oh my God, the cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> The cosplay glam is so strong.
0: <laughs> we were just uh, we were just in Boise, and we went to their little Comic Con, which is not you know a trademark Comic Con, but it was at the library. And the only people dressed up were about you know five years old. It was the cutest comic convention I've ever been to. And you were going to the opposite of
1: that. <laughs> and, I'm going to the big dog one, and I'm going to come in jeans and maybe like a Hunger Games T-shirt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was like, that's the best thing I can get for this show. But oh, I'm excited. I will be at Comic-Con in October if you will be at New York Comic-Con. Cool. And what about website? Um, um, oh, my website is jennifernbaker.com. And if you're in New York, I'm teaching or leading a creative nonfiction workshop for sackett street workshop but even without me there are other wonderful instructors at sackett street who do online classes oh, that's if you're cool. not in new york and so it's a great group and i love working for them as well and then you know i'm on twitter and all this other stuff which you can find on my website <laughs> Perfect.
0: well thank you jennifer so very much for talking to us today and thank you Michelle. i wish you a very pleasant writing weekend hope you get some time you to too do some work. thank you All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, where I live, or Facebook, where I don't. And look for the show notes and more fun at HowDoYouWritePodcast.com. You can also support my Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a dollar an essay. Just go to patreon.com backslash Rachel, that's R A C H A E L, and now go to your desk and perform some of your own feats of writing Daring Do. Create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.